Welcome to the Truth 316 Podcast, the place that we honor that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Our prayer is that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. God's uncompromising word, we are going to examine what the Bible has to say about itself and how it can substantiate its claims. Hey, welcome back to Truth 316, and this is Thad, and we are continuing our look at the uncompromising word of God, and today we'll take a look at the Bible's divine origin. We're going to look at the Bible as our foundation of unchangeable truth. And if it's unchangeable and we're claiming that it's from the Creator God, like we mentioned in our first episode, then we better be able to substantiate these claims, right? So last time uh, we discussed the vast difference between relative truth and absolute truth, right? Relative, the relative truth being based on one's personal ideas. It may or may not be truth at all, but it's just based on a a personal preference, if you will, on what people determine is right. So absolute truth, however, as it exists, is determined and substantiated by God himself. And it has been so throughout history. So that means that we can look back and verify some of these claims. So claims such as morality, the laws of logic, uh, the idea of there only being one true God, and the way to that one true God through his son, Jesus Christ, should be able to be substantiated by the scriptures and staying within these laws of logic, right? And understanding the morality that God has given to us. So These are eternal truths, and therefore, they are unchangeable. So today, let's take a look at uh, what the Bible's divine origin is. And I said this in the first episode, that God claims to be the author of the Bible, and that it's the Bible that claims that God is who he says that he is. And we talked about the idea of this concept being a little bit circular, And I said, that's okay. That doesn't make it wrong. It just means that this is our starting point and we have to have a place to begin and then we can move forward to substantiate it. So it's not that this is a wishy-washy idea. It just gives us a starting point. Okay. So the premise of, Hey, let's just start with the Bible's claims as it, uh, as it suggests and see if it's reliable. That is how we go about it. Otherwise, where would you like to start? You choose your starting point and you still have to verify if it's reliable. And so this is going to be where we start. This is what we are claiming the Bible says, first of all, about its author, so that it has the divine authorship. From Hebrews, in the beginning, we mentioned this last time in uh, our first episode, that it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers 
by the prophets. So who are the fathers? Well, those are the patriarchs of the Old Testament, like Abraham and Moses and others of that sort. And God speaks to them either directly or through prophets, the mouthpiece of God to his people. And then it says that in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. This is Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ comes, it's God in the flesh here on earth. And we have further revelation from Jesus Christ and through his apostles of the continued word of God. And now we have the full testimony testimony of the Lord and all of scripture of the Old Testament and the New Testament combined. So this is how God has spoken to us. This is testified over and over again. King David, for example, in 2 Samuel 23 says that the spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. So here King David is specifying that it was the Lord who was speaking through him here. Same thing with Jeremiah when he says that the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah is just confirming that God was speaking through him. Uh, In Genesis chapter one, the words God said appear nine times. That's just in the first chapter. In the book of Malachi, the words thus saith the Lord appear another 20 some times. And then the word God said appears a total of over 3,800 times in the, in the old Testament itself. Okay. So Again, these facts are not to say that the claims themselves are what proves divine origin, but it's just to demonstrate the claims that the Bible is making for itself. Okay, so the Bible is making these claims throughout its full text. Um, It also does this in the New Testament. Um, In Thessalonians, Paul speaks, and in the the book of 1 Peter, uh, it speaks of the word of God, of these scriptures. Um, In the book of Acts, it speaks of living words. So we know that as believers, the word of God is a living testimony because it speaks of truth and it speaks of the life that we have through God, who is the creator and the sustainer of this life. In Romans chapter three, it says that the scriptures are the very words of God. And earlier in Romans, it talks about the Holy Holy Scriptures. What's a Holy Scripture? Well, holy is a word that just means to be set apart, and Scriptures are writings. So Holy Scriptures or Holy Writings are these writings that are that are set apart unto a particular purpose, the way that God conveys his message to his creation. And then in 2 Timothy, it's a verse that a lot of us know. It says that all Scripture or all of these Holy Writings are given by inspiration of God. Now we have to be careful with inspiration. That word literally means God breathed or the breath of God. It's like the expiration of God. When you speak, you have to breathe out. So all scripture is given by the breath of God and that it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We talked about this verse as well in our very first lesson on the word of God. So what is it saying about it's about this word of God? It's saying that it's perfectly true and it can be used to 
defined truth in the life of the believer and for God's message. So it's the Bible that makes all these claims, right? But here's the thing. How can it be substantiated? We still have just been talking about the Bible's claims of itself to be the word of God, but how can it be substantiated? Actually, this is easier than you might think to substantiate the word of God. Um, Because, well, first let me say this. When you give evidences to some people, if you're if you're having an argument with somebody and you're trying to give them evidences, sometimes you can get through to that person, even though you might be laying out fact after fact after fact, right? People just sometimes don't want to change their opinion. We, we've all experienced this, haven't we? Um, so, but let's at least take a look at a few of these ways that God has substantiated his word. Uh, the first way is the Bible itself. The Bible is made up of Old Testament and New Testament. These are writings of the Old Covenant that took place before the times of Christ. And then the New Testament after Christ, which is what we talked about in that Hebrews verse there when God spoke to the prophets originally and then spoke to us through Jesus Christ and his apostles. So this Bible is made up of 66 books, 27 of the New Testament, 39 from the Old Testament, and several languages uh, over a long period of time, over a thousand years, this book was written. It, the authors uh, wrote these scriptures from many different territories. I think it's like from three different continents. Uh, there's at least 40 different authors that are involved here over this period of time. But here's the thing. None of these authors written in all of these different languages over this entirety of time, none of them disagree on any point and they never contradict each other. Do you get that? They never disagree. They never contradict. So what? This this type of diversity of all of these people and different writings, personalities coming together, but never to have a, a disagreement of any kind at any point, this can only be explained by divine revelation. This is a proof that God's word is what it says it is. So that's kind of an internal evidence based on the writers of the word itself that, uh, that we just talked about. But what about the external evidences? This is outside evidences or outside proofs that the Bible is divine. Well, again, this goes right back to what that said in uh, what was spoken of in Hebrews 11, where it says, in the times past or the Old Testament, God gave his word through the prophets. Okay, so he gave them to the words. Well, what, is, what does a prophet do? A prophet gives prophecy. The prophet says, hey, God says this is going to take place at this time. And then it comes to pass. So God is true in the prediction. Because why? Because he decreed it to take place and therefore it does. And so of all of his prophecies, they've come to pass. I'm not going to get into the, into the particulars here, but there are over 300 Old Testament prophecies con- concerning Jesus that have already been fulfilled. 30 prophecies or so were fulfilled on the day of Jesus' crucifixion. And there's been many other prophecies that have been fulfilled um, as, as well. I mean, there's just too many to even reference here. So you have to do your own homework check it out for yourself. We don't have to be afraid to send people to the Bible. If they do their own digging, they're only going to come up with truth. Okay. So this is a good thing that 
We don't have to protect or try to guard against what stands as solid truth already. We just let the people do their own homework. It's it's good. We're not making up anything here. We're just confessing what the Bible has already said about itself. And you're like, okay, so that's what the Bible says about itself. That's what God had supposedly said uh, about his writings and, and stuff. But what about the science? I'm a scientific person. I want science. I want to see things that are tested. Eh, cool. The Bible is scientifically accurate. It's not a science book and it doesn't get into the details of physics and stuff like that. But what it does say about scientific things, it holds true. So the Bible and science never contradict. Well, how is this possible? Well, it's because the creator knows his work and therefore all truth is God's truth and the Bible testifies of God's truth. So again, I don't have to prove any of this to you. I'm just showing you some simple uh, and some straightforward claims from the Bible itself that is from God's word. So that's about um, enough of what we're going to wrap up here for today. Again, uh, we're not going to go exhaustively through so many examples. You have to do your own homework. I just wanted to point to you that the Bible says uh, that it's the word of God. God substantiates these things through his creation and through prophecy and through being as creator, scientifically accurate, right? Because there is no choice because it's his truth to begin with. Um, and that history shows God to be faithful to his word and to his promises. And that is why um, our faith is not a blind faith, but it's based on everything that we've seen and read about that he has promised in the past that he has been faithful to accomplish. And therefore, if he's faithful in everything that he said before, he must be faithful to everything that he promises in the future. And that includes faith in Jesus Christ as the only way to the Father and eternal life. So prophecy comes true. That means that God's self-claims must also be true. So again, again, if you if you think the reasoning was circular, we've just substantiated and have given ourselves a firm foundation to lean into his own testimony of who he says that he is and that the Bible is the word that carries that truth. So that's it for today. Have yourself a great week and we'll look forward to talking to you again next time.